Alright, so we're going to notice in verse 1 of Psalms 12, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Has anybody ever just felt that way before? He's, you know, like when you see our politicians, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. You know, I've, I've felt that way many times. They speak vanity, everyone, with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things, who have said, with our tongues will we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? What I want to talk about this evening is the curse of flattery. The curse of flattery. All right? Flattery, is, it's a very wicked thing. It's a very dangerous thing. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm seeing the Bible come true so much with this flattery thing. Since we have started this church, I have just over and over and over again, I've had red flags in situations where there's been flattery. And I have, I've seen it and I've almost just to the point, one time, I mean, literally one time in the service, I mean, when we first started, I mean, I got flattered so bad during the, you know, prayer requests and praises. And I remember in my mind thinking, this is bad. In my mind, I knew these. we had just started the church. These people were the first people to get saved in the church. They were the first people that we baptized in the church. And this woman just went and just, you know, just gave this flattering thing. You know, I'm saying, anybody want to praise the Lord for anything? And like, I just want to praise you, Pastor Tommy, for starting this church and then just went. And I remember sitting there, I'm standing there thinking, that's bad. And I, because and I had I'd studied some other things. There are some verses we're going to go to later in the book of Proverbs that I had just kind of learned not long before. And I remember when I heard her say that, I thought about these verses in the Bible and I was like, that's going to end up being a curse. And let me tell you, it wasn't long later and she's cussing me out in text. It wasn't long later. They're, they went back to their Catholic church. She cussed me out in a text and she said, go Catholic power. That is exactly what happened. That is exact. That is exactly what took place. And I'm to the point now. I've seen the Bible come true so much anymore that it's like you know. Next time I get flattered, I think I'm just going to throw them out of the church. All right. But it's like you know, you can't just throw somebody out of the church for giving you a compliment. All right. And it, there's a difference between a compliment and flattery. But sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. And but when when that flattery does come, I mean, it would it would look really bad if somebody got up in church and said, Pastor Tommy, I just want to praise you. You did this. I'm just like, you know what? Out. Get out of here. You know, I would look really bad if I did that. But let me tell you, if I did that, it would probably be the right thing to do. Alright? I'm almost that confident. In fact, I'm so confident, I've got up here several flattering messages that have been sent my way to people who are now confirmed enemies. And I have one, I have some recent flattering statements up here that have been sent to me via YouTube. And I don't know if I'm, I should call these people out right now because I don't like calling anybody out unless I'm a hundred percent sure. But they, and, and these people, and it's a fake name that's on YouTube too, so I guess it's probably okay. But there's somebody that's been flattering the daylights out of me on YouTube, and I'm half tempted to read some of their comments and say who they are and just mark them right now. I don't care what nice things they're saying about me; they're bad. They are a bad guy. And I just want to, I'm, I'm having to just call it out right now. They're probably watching this live stream right now. 
And now all, all the more worry, is it I? You know, is it I? And just remember, it was Judas that was the one that didn't say, is it I? You know, and it's usually the good ones that say that. But anyway, I'm going to make people scared to even want to give me a compliment. You know what? Fine. I, I, don't need, I, don't, I don't need compliments. I'll show you what I need by the end of this message. But it's, flattery is dangerous. It's a dangerous thing to listen to. And here's why it's so dangerous. It's because many times it's what we want to hear. Okay, you know, when I started this church, you know, it was my goal, and it's still my goal. I want to be the best pastor in the world. I want to be the greatest preacher in the world. I want to preach the best messages in the world. We all want that, right? But at the same time, I'm smart enough to know that I'm none of those things. Okay? And so, and if you're telling me these, these things, it's dangerous because it is what I'm kind of shooting for. And so it is, you know, in a sense, what we all naturally want to hear, right? You know, but, you know, we don't want to get lifted up with pride either, do we? And we're all susceptible to this, you know, if we're, if we're not careful. And so we've got to, we've got to know how to spot these things because it is, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. And it, and flattery, it is, it's a wicked thing. I mean, look what he says in verse three. It says, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things who has said with our tongue, Will we prevail? See, when people are flattering, I'm going to show you more about this in a little bit. They're they're not flattering you for your benefit. That's the thing people need to understand. They're flattering you for their benefit. They're trying to use you. They're trying to control you with their tongue is what they're doing. And so they throw flattery thinking if I say all these things to, to them, if I build them up in this way, it's a, it's a way that it's a it's a form of manipulation is what it is. Is what they're trying to do, and so, you know, the thing the thing you need to understand about flatterers, all right. And this is important. I want you to get these things because we have we've had many of these people that have come through this church, and there will be many more in the future that will come through this church. And one thing you need to understand about them is flatterers they have a double heart. Okay, it says here, it says um, in verse two. Says they speak vanity everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. Okay? Understand when people flatter you, they're not if if you took you know, these people, I guarantee you that lady that wanted to praise me that that night in service, if we'd have put her on the lie detector, all right, that was flattery. Let's see if she's an infiltrator, let's see if she's a bad person. If we would have put her on a lie detector and said, Do you really think Brother Tommy is just the greatest pastor and all this this stuff you said? She could have passed and said yes. She meant it at that time. Okay? But understand, flatterers, they have a double heart. They don't always know what they want. They don't always know who they are and what they're all about. We see a lot of that in this movement. You have these people who they watch the preaching online and they see what's going on and they're like, you know, that looks pretty good. I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't even know what I believe. But these people seem like they know what they're all about. So you know what? All of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to get on board with that. I want to get on board with this movement. I like hard preaching. I like soul winning. I like all this stuff. You know, I'm post-trib. I don't even know, never even read the book of Revelation, but I'm post-trib, you know. I'm replacement theology. I don't know what it is, but you know what? Count me in. I'm on board. And within weeks of them even getting introduced to the preaching, I mean, they're just buttering us up. I mean, throwing flattery our way and just, I mean, really, really pouring it on thick. But then all of a sudden, Within weeks, days, months, it's we're a cult. 
And you'll see that too. People even sit in the church, these churches. They'll be sitting in the church one week. You know, Stephen Harper, he preached a message one time. When he preached that message, I just like, you idiot. This was the title of his message. You can't stop the new IFB. I'm thinking, alright, first of all, that's a stupid thing to say. The last thing we need to do is get this idea that we can't be stopped. You know, we ought to have the, I, I, we should have the attitude, we could fall. And that, that's why we need to be dependent on Christ. First of all, that's a stupid title, that's a stupid thing to say, and it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it when I saw that title, I was like, that's just ridiculous. Now, his YouTube channel is called Cult Survivor. I mean, that fast. Less than a year ago, you can't stop the new IFB. Now, cult survivor. No, you're just an idiot. Alright? And he said, so what? Was he lying when he said that? No. You know what he was doing? He was trying this way out. You know, I want to try this out. I want to get all in. I want to do the soul winning. I want to do it. But at the, at the same time, it was not real to him. It was not in his heart. It was just something he was experimenting with. So as soon as things go bad, all of a sudden now it's the worst thing ever. And that's how flatterers are. These people that come in just heaping on the praise, I mean just really laying it on thick, they're not necessarily lying, but they're saying what they want to be true. They're saying what they're hoping you're going to do. When they're coming in and telling me I'm just the greatest preacher they've ever heard in their life, it's because they want me to be the greatest preacher they ever heard in their life, but the truth is they don't really know if I am yet or not. And why would they? They've only been coming for a week. You know, you've only watched sermons online. You don't know. You don't know any. You don't know me personally, and you're just going to heap on praise like that. Why are they doing it? They're doing it because it's what they hope. And so they're telling me these things and hope that I will be that, and hope that I will do that, and I will be the savior of their family, and I will do all these wonderful things for them. But then, as soon as they find out, you know what? I'm not Jesus. As soon as they find out that I can't just perform miracles, that I can't just wave a magic wand and fix their family, as soon as I preach something that they don't like, all of a sudden I'm just the most evil, wicked, terrible person that there ever was. And see, the problem is these are these are double-minded people. So they do they mean what they say at the time they say it, but they're just they're without even realizing it, they're just trying to use you. They're trying to mold you into something. When they find out they're not going to get what they want, they're going to do a 180 in a heartbeat. It's the way it always goes. And so, you know, notice how it said in verse 4, you know, with our tongue will we prevail. Because that's how a lot of people try to uh, fight the battle today is, is with the tongue. And so how do you prevail with your tongue? Well, if a person falls for your flattery, you can get them to do your, do your dirty work. That's all, and that's what they do. They use their tongue to to try to control you. You know, it's like a husband and wife's, you know, having a, a fight and a difficulty. Well, let's go to past, you know, the wife's. Let's go to Pastor Tommy. He'll be able to straighten this out. He'll be able to fix it out. You know, so she comes. You know, Pastor Tommy. You know, we're having this difficulty, and you know, my husband, he's just not doing the right thing. But I know you've got the wisdom. I know you're going to tell him he needs to listen to me. I know because you just got so much brain. You're so smart. You know, you have the perfect family. You seem like the perfect husband. You're going to tell him what I need you to tell him. Well, man, I mean, this person's giving me all this praise and the greatest thing in the world. The last thing I want to do is let her down. You know. But then, what ends up happening in that situation, if I don't let it go to my head, and I'm like, uh, actually, 
you're wrong, I mean, all of a sudden, I can literally turn into the most evil person in the world in a heartbeat. And that, that flattery that got thrown my way, it was a way of manipulating me, controlling me with their tongue. And people do that. And I'm ta- I get this so bad on YouTube. I delete a lot of the comments because they just make me mad. Some of these flattering things like that. People always... And, w- and the way they do it, they flatter me trying to put me up against other pastors that we fellowship with. They're always wanting to point out, you know, you're not like them in this. You know, you don't do this. You're not like... Shut up! Alright? Just, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear that. That's just... Foolish. They're trying to control. They're trying to manipulate. That's what people do. And they want you to do your dirty work. Look what it says in Psalm 36, verse 1. Psalm 36, verse 1 says, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart, there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Note one thing you need to understand about the uh, the flatterer, okay? The and flattery. Flattery is always associated with deceit. Okay. They are trying to trick you. Even if they don't even fully realize that. They, a lot of people who manipulate don't even know they're trying to manipulate people. They're just natural born manipulators. It's what they do. And many times, notice how it mentions in here, they're flattering themselves. Okay, for he, Verse 2, For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. Now, why would you trick yourself? Well, I think it's pretty easy to figure out why we trick ourselves. People trick themselves all the time, don't they? Why? Because the, the, our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We like to convince ourselves that we are good. We like to convince ourselves that we are the greatest Christian, that we are just the greatest you know, husband or whatever. It's amazing how many people have flattered themselves to the point of just they live in a fantasy world. They have deceived themselves with the flattery they have thrown their way. And flattery, it's something that's associated with deceit. The flatterer is trying to deceive you too, so they won't find out, so you won't find out that they are evil. Okay? In verse 3, because flatterers are evil people. Verse 3, the words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Okay? The reason they are deceitful, the reason they're throwing the flattery your way is because they don't want you to know who they really are. And they it's it's like they evil people are very skeptical of other people. Okay? You judge people based off of how you are in your own heart. And when you are an evil person, you think everyone's evil. And so the thing is, and when you're evil, you don't want anybody to know you're evil. So they feel like it helps. Hey, if I'm just going and if I don't want Brother Mark to know that I'm evil, you know, if I, if I, if I need him to think that I'm a great guy, you know, it would, in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to help if I'm just constantly praising him. I'm just constantly saying good things about him, just flattering him. And not even just with my words. Often flatterers, they often flatter with gifts. They often are perceived as being very giving, generous people, but all they're doing is buying your approval. 
trying to hide who they really are. Because they are. They are evil. And let me tell you, there are some people it's dangerous to take gifts from them because they will remind you of those gifts forever. Alright? Bill McGregor, he had, I have heard him mention on multiple occasions the love offering that they gave Pastor Joe Major when he went and preached for them in Canada. Okay? And you know when he mentions that? He mentions it you know, when talking about how Joe Major made a video saying that Bill McGregor was an evil man. We gave you a big offering. Oh, I, you know, I thought that was a love offering. I thought you did that out of appreciation for coming and preaching for you. You know, but no, he didn't do that. He did that buying approval. And he is a flatterer. Uh, and he's thrown a lot my way. And the, the fact that he would bring that up, that just shows how wicked he is. And it shows that even in that generous gift, that it was from an evil heart. That's what flatterers do. And they, so they do, they, they do that to hide who they really are. And they can. They can be very giving people. And they, they often go out of their way to help with things. And it's, you know, especially in the little things. And they, they like to remind you of these things that they did. And it is. It can be very flattering. And we've had people here that first time they came to the church, they came bearing gifts. Gifts that I like. And this was several years ago. I'm thinking, how, how'd you know I like this stuff? We listen to your preaching online. And this was back when nobody listened to my preaching online, too. Back when it was only sermon.net. You know, and I remember thinking, it's ah, pretty flattering. Well, you know, I found out later that it, that flattering turned out to be evil. And that it's just the Bible turned out to be right again. And I could tell you a lot of stories about people here. I'm only going to name people who have been public. Alright? Who have publicly been evil against me. Those are the only ones I'm going to name. People that have kept it quiet, I'm, I'm not going to call these, I'm not going to call names out. In that situation, but the flatter, uh, the flatter and the gossip, all right. Flattery and gossip is something that also goes together. Let me show you this. Proverbs twenty verse nineteen. Look what it says here. It says, "He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips." Okay, and this is what I love about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is not a book that you should just go and just read through a whole chapter, and then be done. The book of Proverbs, you, have, you need to read one verse, and then you often need to think about it. You, you, you have to meditate on it. And Proverbs is something that's to give wisdom. And if you're somebody who has no wisdom, you have no life experience, you're not going to get a lot of these Proverbs. But if you actually have some wisdom and some life experience, if you think about it, you'll get it. So, th- so think about this verse. He that goeth about as a talebearer, that's the gossip, revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. What does me being flattering with my lips and me being a gossip have in common? What do those things have to do with each other? I'll tell you why. Because you know what flatterers or what gossips often do? They don't, you know, everybody knows gossiping's wicked, right? We all know, we all know that gossiping's wicked. So if I want to go gossip to Aaron, well, I'm in danger now of making myself look bad, aren't I? Okay, if, especially if he's a spiritual person and I have some juicy gossip I want to give him, I am in danger of making myself look like an evil person. The flatterers always trying to hide who they really are. 
So now what I need to do in order to you know, get this off my chest, because that's what a gossip does, I'm going to need to pour on the flattery. It's like, Brother Aaron, listen, I wouldn't normally tell anybody. In fact, I haven't told anybody else in the church about this because you know what? There's nobody else in the church I trust. But I know you can keep a secret. I know you wouldn't go and run telling people about this. You know, I know you've got some self-control unlike everybody else in this church. So now let me tell you about Brother Josh and, and what I found out about him. You know? And it's not that I, it's not that I, I really feel like you need to know this. I, I think you're a good prayer warrior. And I think you're the one guy that could probably pray and help him, you know, get, you know, get things right. And so, you know, man, yeah, go ahead. You know, t- tell me. I, I can, you know, I can take it. So you see why I'm flattering it? Now you're not going to, you know, now you're not going to think I'm evil. Now you're not going to think I'm just some busybody gossip. And that's what gossips do. Alright? Gossips, they use flattery because they're both, they're, they're, they're one and the same. They're evil. And it is. It's often a flattering thing when somebody comes to you with this, you know, just news that they can't tell anybody else. And listen, when they tell you they can't tell anybody else, that's a lie. Alright? That's a lie too. They're going to use the same line on somebody else if it works for you. So they do. And then they, and when, you know, and after I build you up like that too, if I come to you and I tell you all those things, and then I'm like, man, you know, I saw Josh uh, going into the video gaming place, gambling and all that. And, you know, and then if, if you do the right thing, you're going to say, well, you stinking, you know, gossip. Why does, why do I need to know that? Why are you even telling me that? You're not going to want to tell me that after all the flattery I just threw your way. After I just built you up like that, you're not going to want to tell me that. But you know what? That would be the right thing to do in that situation. But that fl- the flattery often works. And so that's why they do it. That's why flattery and gossip go together. So well, how do you get that from verse 19 of, of Proverbs 20:19? It's just that's experience. All right? I think you've all seen it. You've all experienced it. If you've ever known gossips, this is what they do. And I, I believe that's what, uh, that what Solomon was talking about when he wrote that. Look at what it says in Proverbs 7 and verse 4. And this is a story of the strange woman who's trying to seduce a young man who's void of understanding. And notice what he says in verse 4. It says, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones and I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner. He went the way to her house in the twilight and the evening and the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets and lieth and wait at every corner. And then, uh, so that strange woman, notice how it mentions she flattereth with her lips. But notice what it also says. She's somebody that's lying in wait at every corner. She's loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. And flatterers are very aggressive and good at getting noticed. That's how they are. They, they, they're just good at it. They seem to be loud people. And you know what? I'm going to call the names on this one because these people... They've, they've been out there on Facebook, I mean, telling me I'm not saved just because I'm not pre-trib anymore. And you know what? We did, and I, I won't use last names, but Becky and Jim, alright, and some of you know who they are. They came to church here a few years ago. 
the first time she called me, she called me up asking about our church and asking all these things about our church. Asked if we're King James. Asked if we're soul winning. If we're once saved, always saved. She's asked me all these things. And then she asked me if we were pre-trip. And this was right when I was transitioning. It was, it was right around that time. And I told her, I said, you know, I don't fully know where I'm at, but I said, I'm definitely not pre-trip. I said, I don't know if it's all, you know, mid-trip, post-trip. You know, I said, I'm still kind of sorting some of the stuff out, but I, I told her, I said, I'm definitely not pre-trip. And, you know, and she didn't make a big deal about it on the phone or anything, but they didn't come to our church. And it was a few months later, and all of a sudden, she calls me up again and tells me how they were going to come and visit our church. And they came, and you know, every, they, they only came to church here probably seven or eight times in a year because there was a lot of health problems. Stuff. The only, but every time they were here, they always made a ton of noise. They always made sure they got noticed. And let me tell you, she heaped on the praise. And the first they came here, the first Sunday they came here, they're like, "We want to join the church. We want to join." And, and I, I remember I was, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, all right. And I remember when I was like, "Wait, you want to join the church after the first Sunday?" And I remember I, I'm like, kind of trying to hold them back, I'm like, "No, we definitely want to join. We know, we know this is what God wants for us. We know this church wants." I'm thinking, you know, you haven't got a chance to know us. You know, are, are you sure this is what you want? You know, and I no, and and, and I did. I let them join the church. And it was like, I mean, literally after I did, I was like, you know, that probably wasn't a good idea. And so I called the pastor of the other church that they were going to because they told me, I want to go to that church. They don't do any soul winning in that church. Your church does soul winning. Now, they never did. They never went soul winning with us one time when they were over here. But they wanted to leave that other church because they don't know any soul winning. And I talked to that pastor and he said, he said they only came like eight times or something. About many times they came here. And the reason she was talking us up so much is because she got bent out of shape at that other church. And so she needed us to be super church now. All of a sudden now, she needs us to be super church. And so she's talking us up, praising me. I mean, they're all ready to join the church after week one. That's just weird. You know, I should have known, but you know what? When you already think you're the greatest church in town and somebody else comes along and agrees with what you already think, you're just like, perceptive people, you know? That's what you tell yourself. But you know what? I've learned better. Alright? I know we're the greatest church in town, but you know what? They're not all going to figure it out on week one. Alright? They're not going to figure, they're not going to figure that out. So, you know, and that, that was a big mistake. But anyway, they were, they'd been gone for over a year. And then, one day, she watched a sermon clip of mine where I said the mark of the beast comes before the rapture. And I like, we want our names removed from the membership of the church. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, I talked her a while, tried to explain everything. I go, like, okay, you know, nice, left it all good. And then now every time I would do a post like that, I boost that gets advertised on Facebook and stuff. She's on there, you know, telling me I'm not saved and stuff. And then he gets on there too. He gets on there one day bashing me about my position on the Jews. And you know what I did? I, I sent him a link to a message where I'm preaching against the Jews. And you can see his head in the whole message. 
And I asked them, why didn't you say anything to me then? I said, why? I sent them a message. I said, why are you saying all this to me publicly on Facebook? You have my phone number. Why can't you call me up? You know, and it's just because for whatever reason, now I don't know if they found another church or what, but they need me to be a villain. So now I'm a villain. I'm an unsaved heretic. Blah blah blah. You know, and I, and I told her when I talked to her, I told you. I was not pre-trib. But they needed me to be super pastor. So they saw through it. So, you know, and, and that and that that flattery they did, it was it was it was it was almost obnoxious. It was almost obnoxious just how loud they were and just how much praise and you know, and folks, it wasn't just me they praised, it was all of you. I mean, man, we were just all great. We're we're, hey, hey, everybody, we're here, and we're so glad to see all of you. Every time they came here, it was like that. Why? That is just how flatterers are, just like this strange woman who's flattering a man with her lips because she wants something from him. She's wanting to use him. And so what is she doing? She's loud. She's stubborn. She's on every corner, making noise, getting noticed, wearing the attire of a heartless. She didn't do that, but she's just whatever they got to do to get noticed. And you know, and, you know, a tire of a harlot, that's not going to get a good notice in this church. So they'll come in dressed up looking the part. But it, they're phony. It's not real. So you shouldn't bring this stuff up. You know what? If they're going to publicly go out there telling people I'm not saved just because I'm not pre-trib, then you know what? Then they can, they can deal with that. So, you know, there, there's a, and a lot of people too. A lot of people, they'll use... Me, they'll use preachers like me in this movement just because they like that we preach against junk in the old IFB. And the thing is, they like us because they see us as opposition to the old IFB, but the reason they like us preaching against the old IFB is because they're bent out of shape about something else in their old IFB church. That pastor preached on their sins. You know, they went to Keith Gomez's church. And Keith Gomez, you know, he ripped on women wearing pants and it hurt their feelings. And so when they see us preaching against Keith Gomez, yeah, yeah, you guys go, get him. Yeah, I went to that guy's church. You know, he's bad. He's a devil. Well, no, you think that because of what, you know, he got on your clothing. Not because of his dispensationalism or, you know, him bringing in Sam Kip or something like that. And they'll do that. They'll act like they're all for us on these other things. But folks, they're not on our side on any of these things. They just are trying to use us. They thought, boy, these new IFB preachers, they're so much better than old IFB. No, we're not. You're just saying that just because you're mad at them about something and you need us to be better than them. And so you're going to throw the flattery our way hoping we'll say more stuff about them. But let me tell you, i got more respect for a lot of the old IFB than a lot of these new IFB wannabes that come along that are just with their flattering tongue. It, it makes me sick. And so flattery also is something where people are complimenting you before you've even done anything. Look at Proverbs 27.14. When, when Lisa that day in church got up and praising me, this was the verse that came to my mind because I had just been, I mean, only a couple of months before, I was at my dad's church, I was preaching teen class, I was going through the book of Proverbs, and I'm preaching a lot of things in Proverbs, and I remember reading this verse, and I'm reading this verse, and I'm thinking, what does this mean? And I remember I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, and I remember I finally figured out what this verse meant, and I had taught it to the teens there, 
And then immediately when she started praising me, this verse came to my mind. And I really cared about these folks. They were our first converts. They were our first baptisms. You know, you want those ones to stick around. You know, and so, but look what it says. It says, He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. Okay? He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it should be counted a curse to him. Alright? So basically, that guy who's making a lot of noise, praising his friend early in the morning, before he's even done anything, it should be counted a curse to him. People who flatter you, who praise you, before you have done anything, they're doing it because they're trying to use you. They're doing it because they want something from you. And if they don't get it, it's going to turn ugly real fast. In fact, if they don't get it when they, you know, when they want it, it's going to, you know, turn ugly real fast. And we see in the Bible examples, remember Paul and Barnabas, when they were preaching, the people were calling them gods. They wanted to worship them. Fine, you're not going to be our gods. We'll kill you. I mean, what, I mean, that's like Baptist church a lot of times. That's just, it's crazy how people are, but they do that praise that people give you often. It's not because they love you. It's not because they think you're great. It's because they're trying to use you. That's what it's all about. And we've got to, we got to understand that that is a curse. That's why I call this message too, the curse of flattery. It's a curse. The people who come along flattering you first thing before you've done anything, that just mark it down. That is a curse. And I remember hearing that and I was, it, it did, it just, I remember my heart just sank because I was like, the Bible's true. I don't want to lose these folks. They seem like good people, but she just gave me completely undue praise that I did not deserve. And it, it did, man. It was not long later. I mean, we were just the worst people in the world. I'm thinking, man, I've only been pastoring for like three months and I'm already, you know, a bad guy. How does that happen? It happens with flatterers. We didn't give them what they wanted. And one of the things I didn't give her that she wanted, she had a spat with a friend of hers and she was dead wrong. And I, and I wasn't even taken aside. I just would not attack her friend. And she, that, that was what she got mad at me. I would not attack her friend for whatever. She, I don't even remember what she did. And she was just, she just went off on me. That was it. That is, that was my big transgression. I wouldn't attack her friend. Yeah, it was, it's, it's crazy. So let me, re, I'm going to read you some flattering statements that have come my way. And I want us to think about these things in light of what I've just preached so far. Because I'm telling you, I, I am, I'm half tempted to just throw out flatterers as soon as they come in. You know, giving, uh, you know, when when they just start praising, just throw them out. I mean, I I almost think we'd be better off doing that. But here's here's one example. All right, so this I, I don't remember how long ago this was, but there's a guy on YouTube, Shedrock. All right, this guy Shedrock, he's a real mouthy guy. You leave a lot of comments and stuff on YouTube. But I remember one time I looked at his YouTube channel. And he's got a thing on there in his subscriptions that says, America's Greatest Preachers. And guess who one of the preachers was on it? Me. And, and I, literally, I literally had like just surfaced, you know, and I'm thinking, 
I, I, told, I told my wife, I was like, this guy just put me under a thing, America's greatest preachers. That's, and I'm, I wasn't being humble. I was like, this is stupid. Right? I am not one of America's greatest preachers. I mean, this guy doesn't even hardly know me. He hasn't heard anything. And he's put me under America's greatest preachers. I knew that guy was bad that day. When I saw I was under America's greatest preachers, I knew he was a bad guy. So you should have been flattered. That's what I, yeah, that's what you would think. I should have been flattered. But you know what? I don't fall for flattery. And sure enough, that guy's a bad guy. In fact, I just saw last night, he's got a video on his channel that says, or first on, his, on the banner of his YouTube channel, because they had a lot of the pastors knew I'd be, but on the description it says, Pastor Stephen Anderson has fallen from grace. It is over for him. Pray now that he will repent of this wickedness. And he just put a video up yesterday. What was it called? Tommy McMurtry calls Jesus a liar and some other stuff. That's what's on his channel right now. Tommy McMurray, the guy who was America's greatest preacher, I mean, like a month ago, a month ago, I was still on his list of America's greatest preachers, and now I called you, I got, I'm on a video calling Jesus a liar. Isn't that interesting? Another flatterer turns around and is cursing me today. I shouldn't be, and I'm, I'm not, I am not surprised at all with him. I called it out the day I saw I was one of America's greatest preachers. And so, any good list I'm on right now, I'm going to get knocked off of it right now because everybody's going to be freaking that, That's fine. That's fine. I, I do not need it. But you, uh, let me read you a few more examples. Or I've, I've got, I've got several up here. Where, what do I do with them? All right, this one's great. All right, now most of you aren't going to know who this guy is. But his name is Ruben Loria. Okay? His name is Ruben Loria. On December 1st, 2017, I, 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 didn't even, I don't ever remember seeing this message. I was going through my archives of messages I received on Facebook Messenger. And I was kind of looking for enemies just to see some of these things. So I've, I've, I've had this happen several times. I don't have all of it documented, but some of it I do. And here's some that I do. So Ruben Loria, December 1st, 2017. Hello, Pastor McMurtry. Just letting you know, I sent you a friend request because I respect you as a pastor and a brother in Christ. It was rude of me to just send a request without introducing myself. I apologize. Lord bless. Keep doing what you're doing. One of my favorite pastors to watch. Now, okay, now first of all, that's pretty, that's pouring on pretty thick right there, too. But apologizing for sending me a friend request without introducing himself? Not, I've never done that, and most of my friends haven't done that. But I guess, since I'm just way up here, you know, King, one of America's greatest preachers, you know, before he just sends me a friend request, you know, he should be sending me his, you know, age, you know, rank, serial number, all these things. I mean, just, what in the world? Alright? Hey, people! I'm just a person, alright? What in the world? And yet, that's what he posted on December 1st. Look, you know what he posted on March 16th? Alright, it's three months later. March 16th, 2018. This is the title of the video. Tommy McMurtry, Ahab Deceiver and Accuser of the Brethren. Still on his channel right now. Why aren't I surprised? Alright, I said, I didn't even know I ever got a message from him. I probably didn't know who he was when he sent that message. Maybe that's what insulted him. I never responded to it. Oh, man. It was my fault. I, 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 he, gave me, he sent me all that fluff and I gave him nothing in return. 
You know, so three months later, I'm an Ahab deceiver. But I, I, I mean, I said I'm not surprised. That's what flatterers do. Here's another one: Corin McCrane on March 13th, um, 2018. Hey, Pastor McMurtry, just wanted to say thank you for putting out that video today. And this was a video I put out. Uh, exposing Wesley Tomlinson as being two-faced and having fake accounts and all this stuff. He says, it was truly an answer to my prayers to say the least. I never really believed that you guys were heretics, but I was viewing both sides from YouTube and from Twitter. And I am not a part of your guys' church or any of the other new IP churches, but one day I will be part of it. That is my goal. So, of course, there was confusion, but it clicked in my mind just last week that maybe Tomlinson and Sluter would have something to do with those anonymous accounts. And just as you proved today, Tomlinson was. I don't know for sure if Sluter is involved, but just based on Twitter and the dots you connected, I believe he is. That was an answer to my prayer because I prayed to God and said, God, if these pastors that I am listening to are phonies, show me. And if they aren't, then show me that their accusers are the liars that I believe they are. And you know what? You posted a video today and it all made perfect sense. God never fails to guide His sheep in the way of everlasting. I love your guys' movement and one day I will be a part of it. Thanks so much and keep preaching hard and keep preaching against these weirdos. Oh man, isn't that, wasn't that nice? That was on March 13th on October 5th the same year. He has a video. He's got several videos against me, but this was the uh, one I saw. Tommy McMurtry is a liar and deceiver on debunking dispensationalism 6. Isn't that interesting? I mean, isn't it so interesting how people can just be oozing with praise to you and within months, liar and deceiver, liar and deceiver. It's crazy. Bill McGregor on June 14th. this was, this was one message. I, I had a ton of messages from him, but I was going to read this one. It says, I can assure you, this was after the whole Doka turned out to be a fraud. All right? After Doka turned out to be a fraud, Bill McGregor, because I had done an interview with Doka promoting his documentary, and Bill McGregor had been begging me to do uh, an interview with him promoting his book because he wants to sell you his book. All right. Never trust Bill's trying to sell books. All right. And he and so he's want me to he's he's begging me to do this. And the thing is, I just the guy gave me the heebie-jeebies. I didn't really trust him. I kept stalling him off. I thought, hey, I got to read your book first. So he sends me a copy of the book. And then it took me a really, really, really long time to read it. I never even got through the whole thing. And because I told myself, I have to read the book before I do a discussion with you. I'm just trying to stall because I'm wait. I'm wanting to wait and see if this guy is legit because he was just creeping me out. I, I just I, I was worried about him, but so this is when he's in the midst of trying to get me to do this interview with him to sell his book, and he says I can assure you that I hold no surprises in my theological chest. Really? All right, no surprises. Well, I guess what he pre- just last Sunday I found out that apparently we disagreed to the point that I'm an unsaved heretic or rep- reprobate. I'm an unsaved reprobate according to Bill McGregor last week because I believe in psychomonoism apparently, which I don't, but he's decided that I do. But anyway, I can assure you I hold no surprise in my theological chest. I hope Doka didn't make you buck shy about letting me be interviewed by you about the tuning fork. See, just, you know, and I'm telling you, man, that guy, I mean, he really poured it on thick. I'm not going to read all the stuff with him, but yeah, January 29th, Bill posts a video called Tommy McMurtry caught lying through his teeth. Now, 
I did, like the day before, post a video saying Bill McGregor fought lying through his teeth. All right. So, uh, you know, I might have had that one coming except for the fact I didn't lie. <laughs> and he didn't even show where I lied in the video. But at the same time, you can just see, you know, that the man was a flatterer, especially with me. He kept talking, oh, you're not like the other pastors in the movement. You know, you're so, I'm so sick of these guys too, always talk, telling me, oh, you know, you're the, uh, what's the one thing I'm hearing all the time? You know, the voice of reason. Shut up. I, I am, you know, I am not, you know, they, they just, they don't like Pastor Anderson. They don't like whoever. And they just are trying to butter me up, hoping I'll stick a knife in his back. That's what, that's what they want. And let me tell you, they've really been pouring it on thick since all the stuff has happened down in, in Jacksonville and it's Steadfast. They're pouring it on thick, leaving all these comments everywhere. You know, I'm going to make merchants above this. I'm glad McMurchie's that. Shut up! Alright? They're just doing this. You know, I'm staying out of it because it's not my business. Alright? You know, they don't even know what my opinion is on the thing. And you know what? All they're doing is they're trying to project stuff in my head. They're trying to say all these flattering things to me, hoping that I'll come out thinking, you know, because, I mean, it's just so important to me that some anonymous YouTuber that I have their praise. You know, that I, that I, you know, I care so much about what these people say and what they comment on the videos. They're hoping that I'm just going to go out there and just attack Pastor Anderson for trying to be the Pope. And I'm sorry, I don't think that. And they're trying to use it. In... I don't. I don't know if I should call this one guy out because I don't know. I'm. I'm only 99.9% sure he's bad. It's not a real name, but I. I probably should call this guy out because. He is, he's going to turn out to be bad. And he's probably going to end up being oneness. And people always ask too, why do they always go oneness? Alright, why is that? Why is it that everybody that was one of us, Reuben Loria is now oneness, Corin McCraney, he is now a full-blown rucktard, but also oneness. Now, now why is, now why is that? Even Ruckmanites aren't oneness unless you're Sluter. But even Sluter's back down on that now. So, why, why is Shedrock all of a sudden now oneness? Why is that? You know why? Because Tyler Baker is the guy that's swinging hardest against Pastor Anderson right now. That's why. And they need him to succeed, not because they love him. Okay, listen. I'm very socially aware. Alright? If somebody comes up to me and tells me that I'm just the best looking, the best preacher, have the best hair, I'm not going to believe that. Alright? I'm not, I try to do the best, but I know, I know my standing in life. Alright? I get it. Alright? You're not going to, you're, you're not going to make me agree with that stuff. Okay? So when you try throwing that my way, it's just, it's not going to work. Alright? But at the same time, I can tell why some people are very liked. And I, you know, it, it makes sense. They're very talented. They're very smart. They got a lot going for them. Even if I don't like some of these people, hey, I get why they have a following. I get why people care about them, alright? And so I, and I, I, I say all this, you know, even guys like Sam Gipp, alright, let me throw out a compliment for Sam Gipp. You've never heard this from the pulpit before. Sam Gipp's funny sometimes, alright? If you can get past the heresy he's preaching, he's you know he's got some good comedic timing, and he can do a good stand-up comedy behind the pulpit. And when and he when he preaches, there's certain sermons that he preaches that are very uplifting, 
that are biblical that people are very encouraged by and he does it very well. Okay? There's a reason he gets asked to preach in a lot of places. And that's one of them. Okay? I get that. Okay? I'm just being honest right now. Okay? I, I, I am not trying to be extreme. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be funny. But listen, folks, Tyler Baker has nothing going for him. Nothing. He's not a very good preacher. He's, you know, wails like a banshee when he's preaching, when he gets fired up. He looks like Shaggy Rogers. You know, I mean, he just, he, he's got nothing going for him. But yet all these people are heaping praise on him. And these people all have something in common. They hate Pastor Anderson. And they see him as the guy swinging the hardest right now. And so they're throwing it all his way. Oh, thank you, Tyler Baker, for showing me that, you know, oneness is the truth. And thank you for revealing the lies of the Trinity to me. Why are they doing that? Because the real reason is they got bent out of shape because Pastor Anderson hurt their feelings and they need to lift this guy up to try to get him to be the one to take Pastor Anderson down. But it's not going to work. Because one, Baker's wrong. And two, he's got nothing going for him. Alright? He, he hasn't got a chance. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's dumb enough to fall for the flattery. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him necessarily respond to the flattery in a way that makes it appear that he believes it. I don't know. He, he's pretty arrogant, but he seemed like he was pretty arrogant before the flattery started going his way. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's why these people are all going that direction. It has nothing to do with his doctrine. It has nothing to do with oneness versus Trinity. It has everything to do with, we hate Pastor Anderson. And they need him. They need the guy swinging. That's why a lot of guys go, go to people like Sluter because they see him swinging at our group and he's not scared to you know, get behind a camera and make a video attacking us. So they're throwing the flattery his way. And he does eat it up. He definitely eats it up. Folks, you know, I don't know how he doesn't look in a mirror and know, listen, people don't like me for my doctrine. You know, and definitely not his personality or his face. I mean, you know, there's, there's no doubt about that. But yet, he seems to eat up the flattery pretty good. But it, this is why people flatter. They are trying, they're trying to use you. And you know what you've got to do? You've got to have discretion. Proverbs 2.11 says, Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. To and then verse 16, it goes on to say, To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Discretion, folks. you got to have discretion. When people come and they throw flattery your way, and you might have it, you know, it might be something you deal with uh, where you work. Understand, you're going to have flatter flatters in the workplace. People that want to use you. I, I also have that where I work. People use me. They always tell me how good I am at getting my point across because they always want me to be the one to go tell the managers when they're wrong because I'm good at it. But the truth is, they're not wanting me to, they're not throwing that praise on me, you know, just because they mean it. It's just they see me as somebody who can maybe go take a swing at the managers or whatever. But if anything happens to me, they don't care. They don't care if I get fired. There's guys right now, they would, they would, they would, if they thought I'd go take a punch at the manager, they would tell me to do it. Man, you're so strong, you'd knock them out in one punch, you know? It's not that they care about me, it's just they want the manager to get punched. 
So they do. They throw the flattery away. You can't fall for it. Man, I got all these people thinking I'm so tough. I got to go prove it now. I can't let my fans down. They're not your fans. They're trying to use you, is what they're doing. And so we've got, and as pastors especially, that's why one of the requirements for a bishop is not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Why would, what would make you get lifted up with pride? As a pastor. I'll tell you why. Because flatterers love using pastors. They like using the guy that's in leadership. The man behind the pulpit. And you better watch those guys. You better watch those flatterers. They are going to come at pastors. And somebody who's got some experience, somebody who's got some wisdom, they'll be able to see through that. And, you know, you, do, you, you come tell me I'm a genius. I ain't falling for that. I still have some of my report cards. <laughs> you know, I, I know I know better than that. You tell me I'm the best singer in the world. You know, it's not going to work. You know, too much evidence to the contrary. You know, and so you know, it, you need it. You've got to have some discretion. You've got to have some experience. So, I just want to close with this real quick. So, because now people are going to be scared to even compliment anything. You know, man, I, I don't even want to give Brother Tommy a you know, birthday card next year because he's going to think I'm just trying to flatter him and buy his love. But, you know, so how do I give compliments without looking like a flatterer? How, how can you do that? Because so you might be, you know, because in your mind you're thinking, I really mean these things I say, brother. I really mean them. Well, so does the flatterer at that time. But they're double-minded. Okay? So, you know, what can you do? Here's what you can do, all right? Boy, you want to butter me up and make me happy and feel like a good pastor? I, this is what I need you to do. First off, be sincere. Don't be over the top with the compliments. You know, a simple thank you for the message is enough. A simple just, hey, thank you for the message. That's enough. All right? That's plenty. I don't, no, don't, oh, thank you. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard, you know? It's exactly what I, you, you must be so in tune with the Holy Spirit. I mean, man, the way God uses you. Just, just say thank you, please. All right, just thank you and move on your way. You know, be real, be happy, and live the Christian life. You know, that, that, I, I like to think my preaching works. Okay? And who cares if you come give me a great compliment afterwards if I'm reading about you in the police reports the next day because you're sitting in jail? One of my church members is in jail. That's going to be pretty discouraging right there. You know, so you know, just be happy, be real, live the Christian life, be faithful. That's that is the biggest thing. That is what I I want. That is what I love. Be faithful. Convince me through your actions, not your words, that you will stay faithful through thick and thin. How are you going to know? By just doing it. Be faithful. Show up at church. Be here. When things get tough, be here. Do the right things in the good times and the bad times. Just be faithful. That's how I'm going to know that you've got my back. That's how I'm going to know that we're on the same team. Not when you're running your mouth. Not when you're running your mouth. I'll know when you're actually just doing it. And you just prove yourself over and over and over again. And I don't have to worry about you. That's what you can do. That's what I want to see. I don't need... All the other stuff. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what motivates me more than anything is just when I see God's people happy doing the right thing.
You know, and what I want from everybody, I want you to have happy marriages, happy lives. I want you to raise happy kids. I want you to love the Lord, serve the Lord, love the brethren, stay out of sin. If you're happy, I'm happy. If God's happy with you, I'm happy with you. If if you are if you're happy people enjoying your life and pleasing the Lord, I'll be able to sit back and think I'm doing a good job. And I'll probably be right. That's that's what I want. That is what will motivate me more than anything. Nothing gets a pastor down more than just pe- seeing people quit, flop out, give up, you know, you know, marriages fall apart, you know, kids re- rebel. You know, we like to think that our preaching is working. And the way we tell if our preaching is working is if you guys are, are just doing good in your lives and you're happy. And it's like, man, this must be working. This is good. You know, that, we, that's when we know you're doing the right thing. Not when you're just pouring on the flattery. Pouring on the compliments. That, that's not going to do it, alright? So, you know, you, and it's, it's good to do nice things. Do gifts, birthday cards. But, you know, listen, I shouldn't say this. I'll regret it. But, you know, don't, don't go buy me a bass boat. Don't go buy me a brand new car. Don't don't do that. All right? You do that. I'm gonna have a hard time preaching against your sin. All right? I don't need that pressure. I right? I don't want it. I'm not supposed to sell out. Don't tempt me. Okay. And the last person that gave me a really generous gift, it's not here anymore. Okay. I would rather you just just be here. Be faithful. Don't don't do that. Don't go over the top with stuff. Just. Be faithful, do the right thing, and we'll all be happy. But otherwise, you want to do flattery. I see it for what it is. It's a curse. And I, I, don't, I don't need any more curses. I've gotten enough curses from the old IFB in the last year, few years for going post-trib. I'm, all my kids have been condemned to you know, becoming heathens. I mean, I'm supposed, I should be dead by now. I mean, I've, I've had so many bad curses come my way. None, none of it's taken effect yet. But it will. Anything bad happens. I went in the ditch this week. That was probably part of my curse. You know, Bill McGregor just threw a bunch more. He keeps telling me I'm going to reap the whirlwind for the Jackson, you know, or not, uh, for the uh, core rebellion at Trinity. I had nothing to do with it, but he keeps telling me I'm going to reap. So um, maybe that's why I went in the ditch this week. Uh, folks, I've lost count of all the curses that have come my way. And you know what? I'm not scared of the Bill McGregor curses, I'm not scared of the old IFB curses. But I'm scared of people that come through here and want to put big fat checks in my hand and want to just pour on the compliments. Okay, those are the those are the curses that are effective. And you know what? I don't want it. I'd, I'd rather not have it. I want to. I don't like curses. And flattery is a curse. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to have discretion and have wisdom and to understand the reality of flattery. Help us to see it as a curse. Help us to reject it. Help us to not accept it. Help us to be like Paul and Barnabas when we hear it, Lord, that we'll uh, run from it, that we'll rebuke it. And I pray that you will protect us from it, Lord. We don't need any curses in our lives. And pray to help us all with that. In your name we pray. Amen.